There is nothing wrong with your podcatcher. Do not attempt to adjust the feed. We are controlling the bitstream. We control the encoding. We can mispronounce names. We can consume alcoholic beverages. For the next half hour, we will control all that you read and discuss. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. Oh me, I'm Tom Merritt. Oh little old me, I'm Tom Merritt. Little old Hugo nominated Tom and Veronica here. More on that later. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. We failed to promote voting for the show. We We did. And actually, my husband, Ryan, brought that up tonight and said, hey, is the voting still open? To which I said, I don't know. Is it? We took that honor just to be nominated thing way too seriously. <laughs> Were we supposed to campaign for ourselves? I don't know what the rules are there, though. I mean, I'm sure we did not fall afoul of them since I don't think we mentioned it since we announced the nomination. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late now. It's too late now. Um, But w- yeah, I don't know if voting is still open, honestly. I, I would guess probably not. Um, Not by the time people hear this, no. Not by the time people hear this. But if you if you were a Worldcon member uh, and you voted for us, thank you. Yeah. We appreciate it. You thank did you. it awesome. out of your own heart. That's what's important. And I am um, okay. Yeah, well. You're okay. Yes, you I'm are. Okay. I'm okay. You're I'm okay. You're going to be fine. Here. Uh, we're going to be at, or at least I'm mostly going to be at Worldcon. Tom's going to show up when he feels like it. That's right. Like a wizard. <laughs> He's going to just exactly what blow I mean on to. in, blow on in on Sunday to either accept or not accept his Hugo Award. I'm going to do a panel, too. <laughs> I'm on a panel He's about on a panel. podcasting. He is on a panel. That's what I do. I just said a pottle. I meant to say a panel, but it got combined with podcast. This is some Hugo award-winning stuff right here, okay? What I'm saying is, this is the content you're voting for. Me saying pottle instead of panel. <laughs> That's right. Darn it. But anyway, I'm Wait, going my, to be there. What's my pottle? Oh, podcast. Can't be that hard. That's and I'll right. say, That's right. Um, thank you, Josh, for uh, posting our schedules yes. over on Goodreads. Uh, I have three panels Uh, On Saturday, I'm doing We Have Always Played Games, Women at the Gaming Table uh, at 11. At 1 p.m., I'm doing Addressing Video Games and Sexism. Oh, nice. That's good So I'm doing apparently two women in gaming Mm -hmm. panels. And then I'm doing (laughs) at 4 p.m. Online Fandom Today. And then on Sunday, I'm doing Getting Zoomed, Virtual Technology on the Rise. Oh, how'd you get on that one? Because I work in technology. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's about like... um, are you going to disclose? I was going to say, are you going to disclose your employer? Well, I guess I kind of have to do. Not Sword uh, and Laser LLC either. I mean, well, the other. Uh, Adobe Connect is a technology uh-huh. product used for video conferencing. Exactly. So I, I will need to disclose that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. And then getting all pretty at five o'clock, uh, hair and makeup for the Hugos. And then we, we, we head over there. Yeah. Mine is Sunday at 12 in tw- mm-hmm. 210C. The podcast can't be that hard and then uh yeah we're doing a meetup too right 
Yeah, we are. We're doing a meetup at um, 2 p.m. on Sunday uh, at the con. Uh, we're going to be meeting uh, in the... Okay, let's see what Josh says. Worldcon site doesn't indicate if Exhibit Hall is using Halls 1 through 3 or just one of them. For now, let's say we'll meet in front of Hall 1 as it appears on this map. And then he links to the map. Okay, so 2 p.m. Sunday in front of Hall 1. That's what you're trying yes. to say. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I'm we'll, glad that Josh didn't also talk about any personal information as you read word for word what he wrote in his email. <laughs> I totally wrong Burgundy. <laughs> the rash but. has cleared up. That wasn't, no, this is on the Goodreads RSVP. I'm reading the Goodreads RSVP post from right. his okay. forum thread. Right. Right. Not reading his private emails. Can you put that he link? He probably just, Can yeah. Can you put the link to that? Um, he probably just copied it from his own email. That's, that's what, what I think happened, because it really sounded yeah. like an email. That's just how I talk. Um, anyway, so we are very excited. We can't meet, wait to meet some of you there. Um, yeah, it's going to yeah, be yeah. a fun time. Can't wait to see some of our favorite authors. Uh, it's going to be a busy weekend for me, at least. Um, I don't know what Tom's doing. And then we'll either win a Hugo or we won't. And either way, we'll just be happy to be nominated. It will <laughs> be an honor just to be nominated. Uh, so who should I do? I kill the other nominees if we lose. Mm-hmm. Do I? What do I do? There will be a pile fit? of weapons there, in the middle mm-hmm. of the ceremony hall, and okay. uh, the 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 winner gets the advantage of being slightly closer to them. Oh, I thought it was the opposite. I think the winner actually has to stay up at the podium, and the losers get closer to the weapons, and then the winner mm. has to fight through I mean, the losers nice. in order to retain their prize. Sure, sure. I, I would prefer it that way. If that, but sadly, that's not. The way they they uh, the uh, the the a trophy includes a weapon, I think, of some sort. Oh, all right. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, jump into the quick burns. Well, what are we drinking? I'm drinking a Waterloo. What is that? It's the watermelon Waterloo. Remember the hipster version of Lacroix oh, right. that nobody knows about? Okay, I'm having a Templeton Rye. The nice. I had a I had a um an old fashioned after work with oh, my coworkers. Very very chic. Very fancy, very very chic. Yes. All right. Now, Uh, now quick burns. Yes. Mark wrote text-based live coverage of the 2018 Hugo Awards begins Sunday, August 19th at 8 p.m. (laughs) Pacific. Uh, You thought we were done talking about it. At the HugoAwards.org. If you have good bandwidth, details about live streaming coverage will also be available later at the Worldcon 76 website. Uh, So check all of that out. Thank you, Mark. Dara says, new research suggests SFF readers make good romantic partners. Apparently, science fiction and fantasy readers, quote, have more mature beliefs about romantic relationships than readers who gravitate towards suspense, romance, or even highbrow literature. She says, only 404 adults were surveyed, so take of this what you will. Trike says, statistical correlation not found. <laughs> 404, because 404 people. I get it. Mm-hmm. That's that was good. funny. That's good. That's pretty good. Uh, this is a study in the psychology of aesthetics, creativity, and the arts journal. Okay, this is a peer-reviewed journal article. Well, I say it's peer-reviewed because it's in a journal. I didn't actually check to see if it was peer-reviewed, but <laughs> I'm going to make the guess that it's probably peer-reviewed. But yeah, this is a legitimate journal article. This is not just a like, hey, we went and talked to 404 people. I don't know. What do they think? Like, We found 404 people on the street Theoretically, at they had a weighted sample, and 404 mm-hmm. is pretty significant. So uh, it is interesting. Now, it could still just be correlation, not causation, you know, but 
But it is interesting, even if it's correlation, that people with a more mature view of relationships also tend to enjoy science fiction and fantasy books. I think more research needs to be done. (laughs) If you know what I'm saying. No, what are you saying? If you, I mean, there needs to be more peer-reviewed research to be done in yeah. a controlled well, no, environment. I mean, that's just true of science in general. Like, under laboratory conditions. Yeah, no, that's a prove, great point. You know, for the scientific method. Yeah, that's perfectly reasonable and, and uh, responsible carrying out of research. And also funky times. Getting funky. <laughs> Getting funky. So... Uh, most uh, uh, people who like science fiction and fantasy have a more, more mature version view of yeah. relationships. Most. All oh, right, it was mature. View. Not all. It wasn't just romance. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I have a, a skewed perspective on this from my years in fashionable fantasy. I think that kind of whatever, whatever <laughs> adult thing I had going for me got a Makes little messed like up in, in the that Marines. process. You know, I spent some years in the vaginal <laughs> fantasy wars. It had an effect on me. You'd be surprised. Yeah, All right, go I probably ahead. wouldn't. Uh, Dara says AMC is developing an animated series called Pantheon based on the short stories of Ken Liu. Craig nice. Silverstein, who created and produced AMC's American Revolution drama Turn, will be the showrunner, producer, and writer. Uh, the network is having the writer's room turn out a whole season of scripts before deciding to greenlight or not, which I think is Oh, that's rough. No, it's kind of the new way of doing it. Is to it? say, like, let's see what the whole arc looks like instead of greenlighting a pilot and then turning out like, oh, we don't worry. It was a great pilot, but we don't know where to go with the story. I think this ends up with better mm-hmm. stuff. This is how Netflix does it too. All right. All right. That's cool. Yeah, I guess you would know about that. Um, it just seems like a lot of work to not even know if your show is well, going to get, get paid. picked up. They get paid. That's good. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's not like they're doing it for free. Tom says Rafe Judkins, <laughs> who is a screenwriter for the possible Wheel of Time series on Amazon Prime has posted images of the front pages of the first two scripts on Twitter. So far, it has been posted on Mondays, but they will shift it to Wednesdays. The first script is not under this hashtag, but can be found on Rafe's Twitter history, and he links over to the Twitter search. And then uh, on August 8th, uh, Judkins posted something that gives you an insight into how he broke down the books. So it's a page from Eye of the World, Mm-hmm. With some notes in the margins and circles and stuff, which is pretty cool. That's very cool. Oh boy, yeah, he's got a um in uh they've got a, a a whole book with like tabs written in it, like from the Wheel of Time series, and like mm-hmm. little post-it notes mm-hmm. in there. So that's that's pretty cool. Wow, this 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 is a very interesting Twitter uh, search. If you are interested in in keeping up to date on on everything going on with the the Wheel of Time series. Uh, Dara, again, basically the entire Quick Burns, uh, pretty much brought to you by Dara. Uh, new deleted Wheel of Time novella to appear in Unfettered 3 in 2019. This was a story written by Brandon Sanderson, based on notes from Robert Jordan. Uh, was apparently supposed to be in a memory of light, but hit hmm. the cutting room floor. So they they have restored it to public view. Very cool. And then Dara says, announcing three new novels from Annalene Newitz. The link has details for two of the three. I'm on board for all three, she says. Autonomous is excellent. Well, so, yeah, this is over. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, well, fantastic. Well, fantastic. Um, yes, we've got uh, this article over here on tour 
The Future of Another Timeline, publishing in fall 2019, is a mind-bending and thought-provoking speculative thriller about a group of time-traveling geologists who are trying to prevent a dark future from coming to pass. And I feel like we talked to her Mm -hmm. about that when we had her on. We did. For Autonomous, which is awesome. And then fall of 2021, we'll see the release of The Terraformers, a multi-generational tale of love and politics set against the backdrop of an awe-inspiring feat of environmental science. This is a book about building good ecosystems, fighting natural disasters, and falling in love. Oh, I like all of those things. I am excited about all of that. Yeah, no, Annalie's awesome, and I'm very excited as well. All right, well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. I picked this one because, frankly, I just felt really bad about missing this back Frank, in June. Frankly? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> did I did I say that? Did I do that to myself? This is about Wait, Frankenstein. Wait, what did you miss in June? This post... Was oh, in you missed June. The, the post was in June. I see. This okay. post was in June back when we were, you know, had been reading or had just read or were about to just read Frankenstein for the 200th year anniversary. We read that in January. Yeah. We read that in January? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, because that's when that happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was a little bit later after that, but mm-hmm. I still missed it. So not. But what not... is it? <laughs> okay. Okay. Lauren says, since it's a big anniversary year, Uh see that covers my bases, it's a year. Uh, She says, it seems like new Frankenstein-related stories and creations will be happening all throughout 2018. I've seen some folks posting back in the January 2018 book pick selection. Oh, Veronica, it was right there in the first paragraph. That's wonderful. But I hope it will be okay if I create a new thread in this area to share and highlight the work that will happen all year long in a more visible space on the forum. I'll start with two items that came to my attention this week, and I hope folks will add more as you see them through the year so we can have a whole fun thread of Frankenstein media and derivations. Brain Pickings, which is a lovely blog in general, did a 200 Years of Frankenstein celebration post with some more background on Frankenstein and highlighted a series of seven videos called Reanimation. These videos are made by scientists who tackle some of the main themes in Frankenstein, like the nature of life and consciousness, the human impulse for transformation, and more good stuff. And another project she learned more about from last week uh, from some local librarian colleagues is the Pittsburgh Bicentennial Frankenstein Project. They are attempting to collect five early editions of the book and link them together so that each version could be read alongside the others and you could easily see all the differences. This project is still in progress. Right now, there are three versions ready for reading online, but they aren't linked together yet. I did get to see a demo of what it might look like when it's done, and it's really cool. There's an annotation indicator on sentences or words, and it brings up a box on the right side of the screen that shows you what the section looks like in other texts. They're even working on some ways to incorporate commentary. It's something to keep an eye on, and I'll definitely come back and let folks know when it's complete. Did she come back? She hasn't come back yet. She Lauren. hasn't come. No, Lauren. she did. Oh, she says, uh, Tazzy Dave said too bad that wasn't done before we read it. It would have been a good version to read and discuss the differences. Uh, and she said, I was thinking the same thing. Many of us read different versions and were able to discuss the differences a little bit, but this would have made it much but easier. But she didn't come back with updates. She didn't come back with the update so that on that. either means she forgot about us or it's still not ready. Um, and I, this, this was relevant to me because I just finished the, um, the second book uh, in the Theodora Goss series. That's funny. I just put the second book in the Theodora Goss uh, series in Lem's library. 
Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Well, I read it on Kindle, so I can't do that for me. Mm-hmm. But um, but someone should I read it. I was only mentioning that really as a great. promotion. That was not directed at you. That was directed at the audience. Like, hey, if you're at the Lems Library level. I just added like 20 new books and some of them are really awesome. Yeah. You added 20 books to the Lem's library and sent a note to the people at that level on the Patreon and they all started picking my books, (laughs) 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 which is fine. We don't really care. It was just funny. Like you're like, look at all this cool new stuff. Let us know if you want any. And they're like, yeah, I want that old thing that was over on Tom shelf. (laughs) That's been on, that's been on the list for two years. (laughs) Well, I don't think one of them has been on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, so I so the the book we're talking about is European Travel for the Monstrous Gentlewomen. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, book two in the Extraordinary Adventures of the Athena Club, and it features Justine Frankenstein, who is a creation of Doctor Frankenstein to keep Adam company. Now, folks, you don't have to wait for Lauren to come back. Uh, get in here with your own Frankenstein news. If you're like, oh, wait, I heard about something cool celebrating this because the celebration is happening in various parts of the world all year long and we'd love to hear about it. We'll have the link to this thread in the show notes at swordandlaser.com. I love this one. This one's uh, from July and we want to give it a little boost so that you get in and participate with it. Philip wrote, I've seen some discussion on joke blurbs and log lines, but I was curious what people would write as a single sentence to entice publishers readers of popular books already in existence. So pretend no one's heard of The Hobbit, he says. Mm -hmm. And I would pitch it as a halfling transforms from sloth to adventurer when a wizard tricks 13 dwarves into taking him along to rob a dragon. That's a great pitch. Do you have one? No, I don't. Okay, I thought of one. Oh, good. Mine's, all right, I'll tell you mine and then you tell me if you can figure out the book. We should have done this for monthly silliness, huh? I know. Think that's a gentle field? Just kidding. It's full of murderous rabbits. Oh, Annihilation. No. <laughs> Watership Down? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're not really rabbits. Does she mean the the mutated deer? No. Okay, I get it. Watership Down. Just real, just real deer. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, post yours. Or, or maybe we can keep playing. I think it would actually be funny to keep playing the game and post your fake blurb or log line and then have people guess what book it is. Japan and Germany have won the war, but Frank Frink, the jewelry maker, discovers a horrible secret that could undo everything. The man in the high castle. I only know that because I watched the TV series. Yeah. (laughs) No, we read it. We read it, didn't we? We read it. No. Yeah. Nope. Swear we read it. Nope. Going to the wiki. Nope. Did not read it. Well, maybe you didn't read it. I will bet. No, you're right. We read um, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. Nailed it. (laughs) Somewhere Tazzy Dave is like nodding approvingly at me. Or Sean. It's like, yeah, she knows. She knows what's up. This time. This time. (laughs) This rare time. All right. Well, let's let's talk about our book of the month pick. Uh, Did we not kick this off last time? Are we still? Okay. Uh, We did. it was a it was a shortened kickoff, I get, and then it's one of those weird months where we have a, a an episode smack dab mm-hmm. in the middle, so it's too early to wrap it up. Yeah, um, and and we'll do that in a couple of weeks. But I feel like I want to be a little bit spoilery. Mm. How, how far are you into it? Are you done? 
I'm long done. You're yes. long done. How do you get I long have, done? I have, these I days? have finished that book and also then finished the second in the Athena Club. Is this club. because of your <laughs> vaginal fantasy experience again? Well, I traveled. I had to travel last week. You had so to travel, but you also of... don't have to read a second book anymore. So you're like, right. it, you're like a, a work person who worked out every day. Mm-hmm. Now suddenly, like given lighter weights, and you're like, this is easy. Yes, I think that is what ha- what's That's happening. That's my analogy. I'm, I'm just... You like my analogy? <laughs> well, no, because I would never do lighter weights. <laughs> of course not. These guns don't quit. <laughs> right. I have tickets. I've, you've got tickets to the gun show. To the gun I mean, show. Yeah. I mean, you've had tickets for years. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. gave them to me a while ago. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I We will start being spoiler free. And if we get to a point where we really feel we have to talk a little bit spoiler, we will give you plenty of notice. Um, but what I like, and, and I should say, if you're a spoiler purist, tune out. Because we are going to talk about the fact that there are things in this novel that happen. I'm not going to spoil plot points is what I'm saying. Okay. You know what I mean? Like some people, it's like gluten. Like some people just, you can't even have it on the plate. And if you're like that with spoilers, you probably want to bow out. But if you're like, oh no, no, it's fine if it was, if, if, if the fork was used in bread, I just can't eat a whole slice. Then you're fine with spoilers. That got a little weird. Um, but I, I think I understand what <laughs> you mean. The people with celiac um, disease are nodding their head. They're like, oh, no, I know yes. exactly. Yeah, what nobody mean. wants yeah. that. Nobody <laughs> wants that bread. Um, anyway, uh, so I I liked the, the world mm-hmm. that she has created. I liked the characters she had created. I started to feel like at the very beginning, I was like, oh, this is cool. I, you know, I get her action movie uh, like vibe behind this. And I I loved getting introduced to, to the characters in the clans and everything. But at some point, I don't know, maybe a third, maybe a quarter of the way in, Mm -hmm. I started to feel like, you know, I wish I liked it more. Like I'm, I'm not never disappointed to pick it up and start reading, but I'm not compelled to go pick it up. That's kind of the, one of the ways I know whether I love a book versus just liking it. There were some things that happened, and I won't talk about those things, uh, that changed that. And they were very action movie related things. And once that action started, now I'm like looking for excuses to read it. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I can walk the dog a little longer so I can get a little more out mm, of this. Like mm-hmm. okay. it, it, there, it took a little while to build, but once once things started happening, it paid off that I, that she did all of that character building uh, and had that surprise <laughs> thing happen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that I definitely didn't see coming given how much investment I had. Uh, uh, it just it just tore everything apart. I, I think it was a lesson in, I don't want to say kill your darlings because that's become such a cliche, but like don't lead, lead the reader astray and then surprise them for a good reason and it, and it pays off. I guess it's just, it is a good lesson, I think. It's a good lesson that things happen in these worlds and it's... Mm. I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's hard being spoilery. to not, without being spoilery. Maybe we should yeah, talk about I'll our, our couple go. of uh, uh, Goodreads okay. threads first, and then we can get spoilery. All right, that sounds good. Um, so the first the first thread uh, is about where are the good guys, and where this have is something. All the good guys gone, and where? Sorry. Are you singing? Where have all the cowboys gone? No. Oh, I need interesting. A hero. Okay. I was thinking. 
Where have all the good guys gone? Oh, there's that too. Yeah, that's another one. Someone out there, that one guy is like, can she please stop singing? It's probably more than one person. <laughs> well, that was the same point. one who was saying that about me moments ago. So don't feel bad. Okay, great. Um, so Colin says, okay, I'm about halfway through the book and it's really good read so far, but it's lacking yeah, many characters read. that you can really identify with. Not to put too fine a point on it, they're all a bunch of gangsters. <laughs> We're obviously supposed to root for the Calls and the No Peak Clan, but are they really any better than the Mountain Clan? The obvious exception to my above statement is Shay, who has at least tried to distance herself from the family business. But I'll eat my hat if she doesn't end up wearing her jade before the end of the book. <laughs> I like that. I'll eat my hat. I'll eat my hat. You know, I have a. F- I feel like Tassie, Dave, and Trike, and and Dara, uh, and Rick all did a good job kind of explaining the gist of like, well, they don't always have to be good guys. Like, uh, so I won't, I won't repeat all the points that they make. If you really want to get into that, they, they cover that ground very well, but I, I understand where Colin's coming from. Uh, if you go into a fantasy book called the Jade city, you may not expect to get the Godfather, but the Godfather didn't have any good guys either, you know, and it's still a great story. It's just not a good guy versus bad guy story. And, Sometimes, and this is covered by a few people in in various posts, that makes for a better story because everyone feels more real. Because honestly, most of us are mostly good, but none of us are entirely good. Uh, And so breaking up into good guys versus bad guys is not realistic. That's not how the world actually works. And I like what's going on in Jade City because I feel like people are as good or as bad as they can be given their situation in this world. And that's how you judge the character, like what Shay has done and why she changes, what Alden does with his challenges as a young man, what Lon does in, in what he thinks is the best interest of the clan. Those are those are all mm-hmm. things that you evaluate to decide what you think of them without them being classed as good or bad guys. And I think even though they do have complicated histories and complicated things that they have to do in their day-to-day lives, like I, to me... Everyone, for the most part, that we have a as a point of view character in the story has a good side to them and does good things or does things they believe to be good or tries to help someone in one way or the other. I would say, for the most part, uh, at least in the Call family, except maybe Grandpa. I don't know about Grandpa. Grandpa's, he's a tough. He's, he's got a tough Alzheimer's to, though. He's, he's like you some, can't really. He's seen some shit. He's seen some shit. Yeah, he was like, in he's a been war, through some things. That was a whole yeah. Um, so he's got he's got some stuff going on, but like even Hilo, who is such a a hot complicated head. character, he's yeah. a hothead. He's violent, but he loves his family more than anything, and he would die for them in an instant. And he you know puts himself out there all the time and does whatever he can to protect the family in his mind. And that's often bad things to other people, but that's that's just the way that kind of their society works and yeah, it's, it's tough. And even someone like Lon who is outwardly like trying his best to be good and and to manage the family and to manage the clan, like he has to make choices that are difficult as well and, and do things that aren't amazing. And, you know, he's the head of essentially a crime family. Um, and so that's, that can't go without being said. So it's, and you know, Andon goes through things later in the book too, but, 
he's he's a kid. He's growing up. He's trying to figure out where he fits in. He cares about his friends. He loves his family. He appreciates all the things that they've done for him um, in his very like complicated, difficult childhood. And so, yeah, I mean, there's maybe maybe there's no perfectly altruistic people in this book. There's no people who all they do is th- try to do the objectively right thing. But I think when you're born into that situation, you have to make a lot of choices. And I'm not forgiving it or saying it's okay, but I think it's like any complicated family or situation. They're trying to do the best by what they are given. Everybody is in a cl- is in a gang. That's another thing I would like to to like run that through your mind as an exercise. And if you're like, no, I'm not, well, you're a citizen of a government, and that government goes to war and kills people from other governments sometimes in order to get what they want. That's the And clan. sometimes it's in order to protect you. Yeah, and that's the clan. And sometimes war- it's for some that's other the reason. That's warfare writ large, right? Like yeah. the clan doesn't go to war in this book just because they like to kill people. They only go to war when they feel like they have to to protect their interests and the interests of the people that they're protecting like their lantern men and the people who live in their districts. And they're also, essentially a government. In this world, they very well could have been yeah. the government. And if they didn't go to war to protect their interests, then they are letting people down and not protecting people they've sworn to protect, as if like your government was like, well, we can't go to war, that's wrong, so we're just going to let another country come in and take over, right? So, and w- not to get into, you know, governments and war and peace, but the, it's not as simple as, well, they're a gang, so they're wrong, and they should stop. Like, that's mm-hmm. just that's just not how it works. And on a smaller level, you know, we all have at one point in time, probably most of us worked for a corporation. Is that corporation pure and good and never has done anything wrong? Are we bad people for having worked for that corporation? Like, you know, nothing is nothing is clean and simple. And I mean, another way to look at it, too, is they were a persecuted class of people where they lived. I mean, they're like the the people who were sensitive to Jade, the people who could channel this power were persecuted and being hunted. And so, you know, what do you do in that situation? Like they had to organize, they had to fight back. And this is the the world they created because of that. I'm sure I'm going to get tons of letters about why this is wrong, but you know well, what? It's no, it's fine. Like it, it's, you know, we're just expressing our opinions, but mm-hmm. uh I, I'm not saying, therefore, all criminal gangs are great. I'm, you know, they're, but I think both the Mountain and the No Peak Clan are fairly close to neutral as far as morality goes. They're just trying to protect their people. The Mountain Clan loses some points for being willing to engage in the drug trade and breaking a few rules to try to provoke the No Peak Clan. But the No Peak Clan, you know, is, is, is not perfect either, but also it's trying to do right. I think there are, there are gangs that you can look at and say, you know, let's set aside the fact that what they're doing is illegal. Like, do they treat Mm -hmm. people with respect? Do they follow their own code? Do they follow their rules? Those are better than the ones who are just oppressive. Just like any, just like when you're, again, when you're talking about governments, like a government can be good. A government can be bad. Good talk. Good talk. Thank you Colin, for inspiring. Yeah. And then we had another great thread uh, about inspirational viewing. I thought this one was pretty cool as well. 
this one comes to us from Joseph. The page is loading. Joseph I'm waiting for says, it. Joseph who says, go ahead. I admit I haven't read the book yet, although it's next on my list after my current nostalgia trip through some early D&D novels. That sounds fun. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. But over the years, I have watched more than my share of Hong Kong gangster action films and more recently some from Korea and Japan, amongst other places. A few favorites in case anybody is interested are listed here. Uh, and he's got a great little introductory recommendation for uh, Asian gangster films. Uh, Better Tomorrow, first in a trilogy directed by John Woo, starring Chao Yun-Fat. The Killer, uh, John Woo and Chao Yun-Fat again, not as ridiculously over the top as, say, hard-boiled, but a better story. Infernal Affairs, first in a trilogy, inspired by The Departed, a cop and a triad member, both undercover in the opposing organization, tasked with finding the mole, which turns out to be each other. Uh, Election and The Mission, Johnny Toe, making some great films. And a bonus non-gangster film, Storm Riders, uh, Joseph's favorite Hong Kong fantasy action film. Very cool. That is cool. Even though I finished reading the book, I feel like I would still like some additional education. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be fun to might be fun to read. Um, I'm also curious. Like I, I know, I yeah. No, never mind. I don't want to get into that now. I changed my mind. What? I was just curious, like what what people like location wise, like how people were mapping out the different locations in the book and the uh, different uh-huh, peoples there. Uh-huh. But maybe we can talk about that in the wrap up. Yeah, that, that's something to talk about the wrap up because I would like to know. And I need to look this up if if Fonda Lee has made comments about analogies or not, because uh, mm-hmm. I I find analogies to you know our world, but to a lot of different aspects of our world. It seems mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. a compilation of various things from Japanese invasion of Korea to the U.S. and uh, war in Vietnam uh, and other things. Yeah, yeah, I'd be curious. She has an interview at the end of the book as well that I wanted to read up on that may have some answers to that question. Um, so maybe I'll check that out too. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, As you know, our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Thank you to so much. Oh, that was... Thank you to so much. Uh, So much, of course, one of our favorite patrons supporting the show. Thank you so Yeah. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Thank you to all the folks who back our show, including So. And if you would like to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. So and everybody else can support the show by buying books through our links. You can find the books we talk about and some of our favorites. It's like a little sword and laser bookshop at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.